Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. Are you looking for a great website that gives you history the way it was intended to be told? With no PC, no Marxism, no progressivism. Well, I've got it for you. It's LearnTrueHistory.com. That's LearnTrueHistory.com. Learn history from great professors who don't sugarcoat it for you. This is not for your delicate flowers. That's LearnTrueHistory.com. LearnTrueHistory.com. This is The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. This is episode 25. And what I want to talk about today is something that uh, was born out of an exchange I had on social media recently with a left-wing wacko. And it's the idea that somehow the political left is a creative force in American politics. And I think this has been born in the last eight years. And it's really on display right now with people like Bernie Sanders supporters. And if you look at the Obama administration, one of the underlying themes of their entire eight years in office has been that somehow the left is creative and the right or libertarians or anyone on the other side of the political spectrum is somehow destructive. That uh, it's only the right that should be feared. They're the only ones who are dangerous. They're the only ones who have ever caused any turmoil in political history, that the right is somehow the most destructive force in human history. What they're hiding there is the fact that the left, if you study history, the left, the political left, has been, without question, the most destructive force in all of human history, not the right. And they are the ones, really, to be feared more than anything else. And there are some very good examples of this going on right now in American politics. Which side is violently protesting? And when I mean violently protesting, they're out there throwing eggs at people's faces and spitting on people and beating people up. Which side is doing that? Now, of course, I understand that people will say, oh, it's, you know, Trump supporters started this. Not really. The left has been doing this type of thing for a very long time long time. It has always been the left that has to be feared in terms of personal safety, cultural continuity, economic viability, and war. And really this exchange started with someone who was defending the internment camps of World War II saying that they weren't anything comparable to the concentration camps that the Nazis set up in Germany. Now, granted, no Japanese Americans who were placed in internment camps were systematically wiped out. This was not genocide. But the fact is there are a lot of similarities between those two things, and what was going on here was that Japanese Americans were singled out because of their racial and and cultural background, and sent to camps in the middle of the desert. They were forced to work. Their private property was confiscated, and in many cases not returned. They were forced into re-education. And these were American citizens who had 
constitutional protections against this type of activity from the federal government. And of course, the argument then would be made, well, this is a time of war. You have to do whatever it takes to win wars. And so that's why I said that the left is most often responsible for the destruction of society, particularly during wartime. I mentioned this is a real issue. And if you look at American wars, particularly in the 20th century, none, zero, have been inaugurated by someone on the right. It's been the left pushing for these particular wars. And so we have this stupid, misguided belief that somehow the left is the creative force and they're the good guys. They're the peace people. They're the people that will save us from these evil uh, people on the right who just want to destroy and inaugurate violence and beat people up and bring back the brown shirts. Newsflash. The brown shirts were lefties. They were progressives. It has always been this way. So let's take a little jaunt through history here. Let's just do a little romp through history and, and talk about how the left has always been the most destructive force in human history. And if we really want to look at uh, internment camps, I mean, I, I didn't get into this with this individual, but enemies of the state, I mean, if you say, okay, Let's just say one day somebody wakes up and we're going to go after and we're going to round up enemies of the state and we're going to put them in concentration and re-education camps. And if you do that, if you just take that, that line, which of course would be completely awful because we do believe in freedom of thought, freedom of speech, as long as you say the right things and think the right things. I mean, this is, this is the case now. But we do believe in that. So the people that have long been the greatest threat to liberty and property and peace have been people on the left. So they're the ones, if you just go follow the line, that should fear concentration camps if we're saying we're going after enemies of the state. And once you start a precedent, it's very hard to close that Pandora's box. Once the government is allowed to do these things, who's to say that you won't be the target next? That's the great fear with expanded government power, expanded centralization, unconstitutional and illegal government power, which these concentration camps were. No one, no American citizen should be rounded up and put into an internment camp. It is completely illegal. It was illegal during World War II. It's illegal today. It was illegal before that. So let's talk about how the left is actually the most destructive force in human history. Let's just first focus the political left now. Let's focus on socially. How are they destructive? Well, we're seeing it on display every day with political correctness. Political correctness is a movement to eradicate dissent. It's a movement to eliminate opposition to the state. It's not just cultural, and I know that people hide behind that. Well, we're just trying to enforce diversity. Not really. You're trying to enforce unanimity. You're trying to enforce one thought on the entire American population, that there's one correct way to think, and then there's the incorrect way. 
And anything I say is incorrect is incorrect. Only what I say can be correct, politically correct. I mean, that term political correctness, you know, this is why I'm saying the political left is the most destructive force in human history. And so, socially, which includes culture, the left has long waged a war on anything traditional. And really the finest example of these things took place in Europe. Beginning with the French Revolution, you had a concerted effort by the left to destroy any vestige of traditional France. So the Catholic Church was disestablished. And now people would say, well, you know, we don't want a state religion. Fine. But it wasn't just disestablished. It was destroyed. Churches were vandalized. Men of the cloth were executed just for being men of the cloth. So this particular cultural war in France engulfed the church. It engulfed the traditional political order, which again, we can say, well, we don't really want a monarchy, but when you're rounding people up and beheading them because they're a part of the uh, second estate or the first estate, only the third estate would survive, and even they met the guillotine eventually, the leaders of that, if they weren't radical enough. The entire uh, fabric of society was changed. You know, They changed the calendar. They implement the metric system. They try to do things to upset anything that had been traditional. They went from a seven-day week to a 10-day week, for example. So no one knew it was Sunday anymore. Language was restricted. If you didn't say citizen enough, you could be marched off to the guillotine. If you didn't wear your trousers, if you wore the knee breeches, You could be marched off to the guillotine because that showed you were not revolutionary enough. So this is the fear. The left was doing this, not the right. The left was marching people off to the guillotine because they needed cleansing. This was cultural cleansing. Move forward in time. That's, of course, the late 18th century. Move forward in time, and you find that the left became much more violent in the 19th century all throughout Europe. When you look at the revolutions of 1848, the violence inaugurated there was from the left. If you look at Russia, the left was the violent force, not just with the communist revolution of 1917, which was extremely violent and destructive. And again, any vestige of traditional Russia was suppressed or destroyed, only to be reborn in some ways here in the 21st century. But as people have pointed out, once you lose religion, you get communism. Communism and religion are not compatible. They can never be. So the left goes on the assault in Russia. Uh, There was actually a Russian czar in the late 19th century who was attempting to institute reforms, including a legislative body, But he was blown up on a bridge by, guess what? Guess who? The left. So the moral of the story is that the left, in this particular case, never gets enough. There's never enough. So they they kill the czar. Then, of course, you have a conservative reaction to that where the left is persecuted 
as a threat to the state, and they were, and then only to come roaring back during World War I. And we'll talk about military in a second. But only during World War I did they come roaring back, and then, of course, eventually took over the government in Russia and brought us the modern communist state, which destroyed cultural icons and any vestige of traditional Russian culture. It was gone. You know, you had the Museum of Atheism, for example, in Russia, or what became the Soviet Union. Now, in some ways, traditional society remained intact. I mean, the Russians were very conservative in the way they looked at traditional society. But uh, they didn't want anything that smacked of old Russia. Now, was it just the communists there in Russia? No. A lot of people don't realize, or maybe they do, but they don't want to admit it, but the Nazi party was leftist. They were progressive. That was the Nationalist Socialist German Workers Party. These people weren't on the right. And they did a very good job of destroying anything that didn't match their ideology, from monuments to art, anything that was considered to be an enemy of the state. People, if you weren't a Nazi, you weren't good. Language. All of these things were attacked by the progressive Nazi regime. They're on the left. And then, of course, going forward after that, you move into the 1960s, into the 70s, and you get the Khmer Rouge and Cambodia and Pol Pot. They were doing the same. Pol Pot, of course, is educated in France. He was well aware of the French revolutionary tradition. And so when you get to Cambodia and the killing fields, this is just a reinstitution of the French Revolution. The communists are the most destructive force in the modern era. And that begins with the French Revolution. The French Revolution eventually became a communist revolution. And so when these Bernie Sanders supporters and these anti-Trump supporters, many of whom are communists and socialists, and and openly so, I mean, this is the thing that was surprising to me, how communism and socialism have become popular again. This, This is an ideology that was in many ways dead, except on college campuses in America. But it's come back. And it's come back because of the cultural shift that's happened in the last couple of decades, but in particular the last eight years. I mean, you can, you can plant this squarely on the Obama administration in many ways because of their rhetoric and because of how divisive they actually have been and how they do believe. I mean, Obama said in 2009 he's going to continue remaking America. Well, they believe that. I mean, America, as a progressive says, and has been openly said at times, and I'm surprised about how open people have been about this, America only exists within their head, and it needs to, to meet that. And as I mentioned the podcast on progressivism, it needs, to, it needs to meet that. And that's the, that's the agenda they're always striving for. Whatever exists in their head, current is no good. And so the left, this is why the left is destructive. So socially or culturally, the left is the most destructive force in the modern era, without a doubt. They don't, they don't create anything 
beautiful. Not the political left. They destroy. And of course, we're always heard where the left is so creative. They're creative. They're creating works of art. And they're creating literature. They're destroying anything that doesn't meet their agenda and their worldview. They're creative. But what about economics? The left is destructive there too. Communism is a destructive force economically. Look at the current economic mess in the United States. We wouldn't have the amount of debt that we have without communism or socialism or Marxism. Redistributive economic philosophy. We wouldn't have trillions of dollars of national debt if it wasn't for entitlement programs and social welfare programs. And also coupled with that, the guns that you'll talk about in a second that come about with the left. So I did see that the great Tom DiLorenzo has a book coming out in July on socialism. It's through Regnery. It's going to be good, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but the premise of the book is that Bernie Sanders supporters are running around talking about socialism now like it's this new hip thing, and they forget about what this thing actually does. We didn't, people didn't forget that in the 1980s and the 1970s, even though we were moving towards a much more socialist America, beginning really in the 1930s. We're moving towards it in terms of our economy and our governmental structure. But, you know, Ronald Reagan, for all the things that, uh, I mean, you can make a case that Reagan rhetorically sounded great at times, but did some very bad things behind the scenes. One of the things he did that was great is that uh, he poked fun at the communists you know, it took months or years to get a car or to get a plumber to come out to your home. And these are the things that the communists themselves were saying in the Soviet Union. If you want to see communism at work, take a look at Venezuela today. Bread lines, food shortages, power shortages, people not working. Socialism does not work. It is a disaster of an economic system. High inflation, these are all things that are coming to the U.S. if we adopt a socialist fix for the American economy. It all sounds good till you got to pay the bill. People want free stuff till you got to get the money for it, and then, of course, it comes from them and their taxes. Or through the tax of inflation, which is the real danger, because you're going to inflate the money supply, and then, of course, that's going to lead to much higher prices and eventually hyperinflation, and we're doomed. But this is, what, this is what's coming if we continue down this path in the United States. It's inevitable. It's what happens to, to Marxist communist governments. Their economy becomes extremely weak, corrupt, and wrecked. You saw it in the Soviet Union. You're seeing it in Venezuela. So rather than building things, you know, Obama, you didn't build that. Uh, the people built that. We went out there and we taxed you. And uh, so we, we built those roads. Or Elizabeth Warren saying the ex exact same stupid thing on the stump. Now that woman has uh, <laughs> uh, been called a great speaker, and I just don't see it. 
She's awful. So the left will destroy rather than create. They take, they confiscate real production, real value. They confiscate it, destroy it, and then say they're building something. With somebody else's money, of course, and somebody else's productivity. But they say they're building something. And, of course, that's underlying, you know, if you look at uh, Austrian economics, that's the underlying idea that the only creative force, really, is free enterprise. And that the state can't create anything. It can only destroy. And then, what about war? The right is always called the warmongers. The right really isn't the real right. Now, I could say neoconservatives, who aren't really conservatives, are warmongers. They are. They're on the left. If you look at the major wars of the 20th century, they have all been jump-started by the left. In the United States, Woodrow Wilson was a progressive on the left. Franklin Roosevelt was a progressive on the left. So you have World War I and World War II, the Korean War, Harry Truman, progressive on the left. Vietnam War. Now, American involvement in Vietnam began with Eisenhower, but Eisenhower really wasn't that much of a conservative. And then it was put into uh, overdrive by the Kennedy and Johnson administrations on the left. When you look at the Gulf Wars, the War on Terror, George W. Bush, again, well, he's on the right. You're crazy. No, he's a Wilsonian. He's on the left and foreign policy. And one thing people don't realize is that the United States economy, and this is where all these pro-FDR people are running around saying, well, you know, FDR was the greatest president in the world. This guy, he saved America. Made America great. Saved it from destruction. What he did was put the United States on a wartime economic footing that it's never left. Beginning in 1933, Roosevelt, when he took office, placed the United States on a wartime economic footing, meaning that he was going to unconstitutionally expand the role of the federal government. And that's exactly what happened. And we never left that. After the war was over, the United States economy stayed on a wartime footing, both in terms of military spending and domestic spending. We've never left. What the people on the left don't realize, and, and I remember when I was an undergraduate, there was a professor of political science who liked to point that out. You know, we're still on a wartime footing from World War II in terms of our military spending. He didn't also recognize that we're still on a wartime footing from World War II in terms of our domestic spending, too that that's also a culprit in the major fiscal problems that we have in the United States. And I remember reading a book at that time entitled Deficit Politics and how the general idea was that the United States could just run deficits forever. They didn't ever have to balance the budget. They could just keep borrowing money forever. There's no problem. No big deal. Who needs a balanced budget? Who needs to have uh, reduction in spending and taxes and printing money. Who needs that? We'll just print. Just spend more, borrow more. It's no big deal. It's free money. So when you look at destructive forces, World War I and World War II, World War II in particular is the most destructive war in human history. Trillions of dollars in capital lost. Millions of people lost because progressives wanted to go to war with each other. Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, Roosevelt, they wanted to go to war with each other. And so the result 
the real uh, sad part about that is the losers were humanity. Just like the losers from the political left, if we allow the political left to keep moving forward, is humanity. Anything that has been built, really built, over time by people exercising their humanity will be destroyed. It's only a matter of time. Whatever they determine to be culturally significant or correct is the only thing that would be preserved. Whatever speech they consider to be politically or culturally correct will be the only speech allowed. Whatever government system they believe to be politically or culturally correct will be the only government system allowed. And of course, they will use violence to do it. As we are seeing on display now in these anti-Trump rallies, we don't like what you say, so we will beat you up. That's what it's coming down to. We don't like what you say, so we will beat you up. Take our political correctness or we'll punch you in the face. This is the dangerous time. Because if people don't stop this now and say, no, act like adults. Because really what happens here what, what all of this underlying thing, communism, political correctness, it's all adolescence. It's the idea that you didn't have enough toys in the sandbox, so you got to take some from the kid across from you. And you're just going to do it by force. You're going to pop him in the face and take it. And if he doesn't like it, you'll pop him in the face again and tell him to shut up. It's kindergarten politics. It's adolescence. It's arrested development. It's somehow believing that taking from others is creative. That silencing others is creative. So this is where we are today in 2016. Who knows what it's going to be like in 2020 or 2021 after the next four years of the next president. Who knows? But if we continue down this path, I think history has shown there's enough examples that we're in a very dangerous situation. The fact that at some of these rallies, the U.S. flag has been burned and the Mexican flag is waving proudly shows that it's not just uh, you know, traditional America that's under assault, or it is traditional America under assault. The fact that uh, veterans' memorials have been vandalized shows that anything traditional in America is under assault. So I think going back to the original premise of this and this exchange with these lefties on, on social media, they expose themselves as who they are. You just have to put pressure on them to do it. They're fine with government power silencing those against them. They're fine with it because that's exactly what government power should do in their mind. It should silence opposition. It should remake and transform America. It's not progressive. We should call it destructivism because that's exactly what's going to happen. It will destroy anything that has made America what it is. I'll see you next time on The Brian McClendon Show.